Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Entercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between. Let's talk everything outdoors. Avon! <laughs> You're on the crazy train. <laughs> Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. We welcome you to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. We are here every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m., live and unrehearsed. He's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Neubauer. Filling in for Nick Bodie today is Sam Schmitz. Good morning, Sam. We come to you every Saturday. Oh, I did say that every Saturday morning. But if you want to get involved in the show today, all you got to do is call us at 414-799-1250. Phone lines are open, aren't they, Sam? In case people want to call. Oh, yeah. We're all ready for you guys if you all want right. to chime in and yeah. tune in. 414-799-1250. Or you can email us live at ceoguys at yahoo.com. And uh, I, I do have to remind you one thing, that the prize contests on the Cutting Edge Outdoors are the sole responsibility of the Cutting Edge Outdoors and its spo- radio show and its sponsors. Any questions or comments should be directed to CEO guys at yahoo.com. And of course, you know, we've got coming up after the 645 break, we have the horn schwaggle. And after the 630 break, we have the gut report. And I'm still vacillating between the two recipes that I want to do. I'll have to get Bushy's uh, input on that, see which one he'd like. Anyway, good morning, Danny. Good morning, Tom. Hey, you know, I wish, uh, I wish our friend, uh, <laughs> I'm having a brain fart. Uh, our DNR. Marcus? No, no, no. The, ben? Uh, no, 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 no. The, Larry Mandelo? No, 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 no. Oh, jeez. Oh, are you talking about Nick? No, our D, uh, the DNR Con- uh, Conservation Congress. Uh, Al Shook. Oh, Al. That, why did I, his name just flew out of my head? I wish Al Shook, maybe he's listening, but let can I read just two paragraphs to you, Danny, about this? Maybe you got sure. You, I'm you sure can. you've got some input. Here, let me put on my thinking cap. It's here. a CWD deer farm study plan opposed. Uh, that's the headline. Six Wisconsin cons- conservation groups have joined in an effort to get Governor Tony Evers to veto a, pro- a provision in the Republican-supported state budget for a deer farm study of chronic wasting disease at issue. The measure would take $100,000 from the hunter-supplied fees earmarked for CWD testing of hunter-killed deer and instead 
use it to help pay for the captive deer research. Now, they're, they're not opposed to it. It's just that they don't want the money to come out of the money that's earmarked to have, like when you had your deer head tested, you know. It's just a, where is the money coming from mainly? Any thoughts? I, you know what? I, I'm going to give you this it's article. It's only $100,000, Tom. Well, that's like to the DNR, that's like, that might it, be a big that's, thing. I mean, it's 100000 with all the millions they spend, I know. dude. I know. You're talking I agree. about it's 100000 I agree. I agree 100%. Got four words to say. So what? Who cares? <laughs> yeah, it's only... Did I, uh... So what? Who cares? Heck, the, the DNR dropped the ball under Walker years ago anyway when they had that stupid study come in and... I didn't really tell us anything, and we paid him over $100,000. Oh, that, yeah. If the, we were going we to protest something, it was the deer czar. And, and then, uh, and then you know, the only thing that may be good that came out of that was he suggested that they improve relations between, you know, the recreational consumers and the DNR. And it has made, I do believe, the Wisconsin DNR has made a concerted effort to be more be less state patrolish as far as enforcement goes and and uh, even the wardens tend to, I think tend to be a little bit more common sense. Yeah, 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 I think I think they're all good guys and so mm-hmm. forth and I and I think that they've worked to kind of bridge that. If you go to their website, they got a lot of great activities, they got programs for kids. So I think that you know, yeah, getting good relations was a good idea because a lot of people looked at the DNR as the enemy, but there's still a bunch of, you know, gnarly old sodbusters drinking their beer up north that still are going to curse the DNR just because they want to complain about wolves or no doe permits or too many doe permits or not enough deer. Oh, or, yeah, you're always, uh, always, always going to get those old always, complainers. Always, But always. the rest of uh, that study, I think, was a waste. So so then what, what they did was they just went, well, let's just watch and see. We're just going to monitor it which is like monitoring cancer, right? <laughs> and then, surprise, surprise, just as the cancer would spread, so did the CWD. Now it's all over, and now it's, oh, mm-hmm. holy cow, we got to do something about it. Um, mm-hmm. Why they never required the deer farms to do the double fencing and all the stuff require, you know, of course, maybe that was some wealthy wealthy landowners who donate to political parties, and they don't want to have to pay all that expense for their deer farm. I don't know. I'm just shooting ideas out there. But uh, 100000 that seems like a drop in a bucket. I don't care where it goes as long as it is as it does go towards CWD. Yeah, and I agree. Yeah, a hundred thousand dollars. It's now and, is and, this conservation group? Is it what one friends of the butterflies or something where they you know they want the money going towards uh, you know I'm just being facetious, tongue in cheek here. Yeah, but is right. it some conservation groups that want more wood duck houses and marshes? I mean, no, hundred thousand. Who who's who's fighting it? I think it was the Wisconsin Conservation Congress that was. No, saying that the congress i you think said so. it's six groups well you'd have to read it all who do you got on the line there sam somebody wants to chime in on this huh yeah we got al shook on the line oh, for you guys. good good uh, good morning al I'll, i was i i was hoping that you were listening and i know you'll have a comment on this well i'm no longer in the congress anymore right i i realize that but I will tell you the, re- the the biggest problem that those groups had is they were taking money from the licenses, you know, people buying fishing, hunting license stamps, and so on and so forth, to fund a private beer study on beer farms. 
not the wild deer. This was a study for captive servants, and they were going to take the money from the, the license fee fund in order to pay for a study on the deer farms. That was their biggest that was their biggest problem right then and there. They weren't charging the farmers or taking some type of money from, they've got to be licensed. You know, those farms have to have all kinds of permits and so on and so forth. And they weren't going to be taking the money out of uh, the Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection, ASCAP. Those are the ones, that's the, the part of the state government that watches over and controls deer farms. The DNR only has jurisdiction over fencing around captive deer farms. Gotcha. So that, that's the biggest problem that those conservation groups had is where the money was coming from to fund the research. Okay, so it's like take it from their fund, don't use our fund. That's what their biggest problem was. Oh. They're, they're happy with... You know, got a point. They, study it. they think it should, it's a long time coming. Like you said, Dan, they should have... You know, stuff... Things like this should have happened quite a while ago, but uh, it didn't work out that way. Remember that uh, Governor Doyle was in power when they discovered or they first found CWD. And the ideas that they had caused such a back, an uproar of the public, that it stymied them for about six to eight years before they decided they should start doing something else. Remember, they were having summertime hunts, letting people shoot uh, velvet deer, you know, bucks and so on and so forth. And property owners out in the southwest part of the state were keeping people off of their property. And then the DNR announced that they would shoot them from a helicopter. It was just... Um, <laughs> well, then they had the earn-a-buck thing, the earn-a-buck thing, too, which uh, I think... Well, for... the earn-a-buck was a herd control thing, and they used that throughout the state. That wasn't something where they tried to eradicate the deer in a disease area. Remember, they had the CWD eradication zones. Yep. The yep. first couple of years, yep. there was actually paperwork and, and booklets that came out where they had those areas around Mount Orab and Black Earth and so forth in that area of Dane County where they actually had CWD eradication zones. Yeah, I remember that, Al. I hunted down there. I went and did a special hunt late season in one of the zones right over with my buddy in Edgerton. And the idea was they wanted to get rid of, you know, eliminate the population, the core population within a concentrated area, and then to help spread, you know, stop the spread. But landowners didn't uh, cooperate and nobody, and it just didn't work. But then they totally gave up and did nothing. And now they're trying to do something again, but I don't know. Well, they're not trying to do anything for the wild herd, per se, that they're anything new. But what, like I said, this, thing that they're talking about in that news article was to study captive servants. 
Well, looking at the map, one thing I've, I've noticed, that, Al, if you look at the DNR booklet, they changed it, um, or maybe it's the online site, because they show, it, well, on one map just shows DNR-affected counties all shaded in, and you would assume that there, that there is, uh, or CWD-affected counties, you would assume there is CWD in wild deer there. And then if you actually look at another map, it shows that, well, just because that county was shaded doesn't mean they found a wild deer with CWD there. Maybe there, there was one found 10 miles away, within 10 miles in another county, or there was one found at a, in a captive deer uh, at a deer farm. So the map wasn't, uh, you know, it, it is accurate years ago. You'd kind of get misled and think, oh, there's CWD wild deer running around here. But if you do look at it, it does seem to be to me that that CWD affected areas, a lot of them sure seem to be around those deer farms, and that those deer farms might have been a big way that this stuff has been spread. Well, there's a couple of different ways of looking at it, and it was presented by the, the Deer Farmers Association and, and other groups that it, it's assumed that CWD came to the state due to the captive deer herd. But there's no way of knowing it, and the reason why everybody's pointing their finger at the captive deer herd is because even before they found it in the wild, they had to be testing their animals when they died to leave the farm. They had to take the sample of, from that animal and send it in just so they could tell the person that, you know, Brett Flyers and football players and baseball players would go up north and go up the southeast part of the state and hunt deer in these pen hunts. They would have to have a sample that could be tested that they could tell these people that, hey, don't eat that deer. There, it had TB. It had, you know, whatever disease was at the time. But the state was actually looking for a different disease when they discovered the first deer that had CWD. They were, they were specifically trying to test bucks that had what essentially was an antler-based abscess. And that was a bacteria that could spread from deer to deer, and when it would get into that antler base, would cause an infection, get into their brain, or affect their eyesight. So, Al, we're, we're up against the break, but to make a, are, the point that you're making is it that the, the deer farm people said, hey, it wasn't us that actually brought it in here, just because it happened to get discovered here? people have been saying all along that it's the wild deer that have been coming up touching noses with their captive deer and then they're all their captive deer have to be tested and not all the wild deer that are shot are not tested so maybe it could be a deer density thing where in a deer farm all those deer pack close together if there's a lot of animals and then maybe in the wild wisconsin has had such a high population Maybe the CWD was just uh, nature's result of overpopulation. That's what they're saying, and they're also saying their their farms are like the canary in the coal mine. Gotcha. They wouldn't know that the air was bad or the CWD was here if there weren't deer farms. 
Right. Gotcha. Al, we got to go. Thank you for your input, as always. You're always a wealth of knowledge. Thank you, Al. Guys, have a great day. I'm going to go flying today. All All right. right. Good luck. Bye now. And with that, we are going to take our first break of the day. You're listening to the oh I before I do that I gotta tell you tell big 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 fish talking about in the next segment oh. I got something for you Danny okay all right this is this is pretty interesting and I think you folks will like this too anyway seven nine nine twelve fifty is the phone number we are the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors and we will be right back. Welcome back to Skipper Bud's Cutting Edge Outdoors. 799-1250 is the number. Thanks for uh, listening. And if you got a report or email, CE guys at Yahoo. <laughs> what? CEO guys. You said CE guys. Oh, CEO guys. CEO guys at Yahoo.com. Okay, Danny. Now, we, we, we've talk about this uh quite often whenever this big tournament came around you know the big one up at sturgeon bay on the bay of green bay you mean the bass tournament yeah the big bass tournament where it's basically all all smallies come in yeah usually it's what the third weekend of may or something like that well just just a little update uh in this uh year's spring uh they called the sturgeon bay bass open there were Five bass weighed over in seven over seven. You saw that, huh? No, I read the results okay. three months ago. I got a right. photographic memory, Tom. I'm a you, genius. Wait a minute. You read the results three months ago? Uh, three <laughs> okay, weeks ago. Okay, okay, Well, anyway, yeah. And clairvoyant, dude. I and saw 15, it in my sleep before it right. happened. But there's people listening that didn't, I guess. But anyway, 15 uh, bass were over six pounds. Yep. The top five teams had a five-pound-plus average for 10 bass. Yeah. 50th place, 50th. Now, yeah. they get like 100 and some teams up there. Yeah. 50th place had a four-pound average. Yeah, well, that's I mean, that's, good that's unbelievable. Place. And prior to the uh, prior to the invasive gobies, okay, three- to four-pounders were top-end weights. And, I, and, and that, I believe, because years ago when I, uh, I didn't know I couldn't guide up there at the time, Okay. I didn't know you needed a charter's captain's license at the time. This is a long time ago. Yeah. And uh and we would fish mainly up in, in that uh at where that Pottawatomie State Park is, uh the, the yeah. Sawyer Harbor. Right. I mean, yeah, a, a big smallie and we fished out on the bay too, but we didn't go real far and we just came out of Sawyer Harbor, mm-hmm. fished a little bit on Larson's Reef around that Henderson's Point, I think it is mm-hmm. called. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, and uh, you know, if you caught a four pounder, that was a biggie, you know. And the guys caught a lot of two to three pounders. Yeah, I got a four but, pound plus with Steve Milliot back yeah, in those days, and that yeah. was considered a real big. Yeah, yeah. And now, yeah, those are common. Three, four pounders are commonplace. I, I catch three, four pounders like dime a dozen. Yeah, and I might I catch. Uh, Isn't that something? At one time, I caught one every other cast yeah. for an hour on the little, little yeah. sister island. So and and they and they say it's because of the gobies that uh, there's so many gobies and the smallies are eating up um, up like crazy. That's why I guess if you use a plastic bait that looks like a goby. Well, that's why the Ned Rig, they sometimes think that yeah. little turd sitting yeah. on the bottom. But that doesn't look, look like, like a goby. Kind of looks like a 
I mean, it doesn't. Cross between a turd and a goldie. <laughs> Cross between, yeah, like yeah. a little turd. Yeah, Who knows? Yeah, you know, I don't but know. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, those are such, God, at Lake. And then I was uh, uh, reading an article by uh, Bill Lindner, and he said that it was a bright, sunny day, and he said you could, and it was real clear water, and he could see, and he said he saw a school of smallmouth. He said that was roughly three to four blocks long. He said, and and it, it was just huge, just huge school of smallmouth bass. And it's not the only school. You know, I mean, there's lots of them. There's right. just so many up there. There's smallmouth bass school east, smallmouth bass school north. Yeah. West. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Different but, schools. Yeah, different depending schools. Depending on what where you're at yeah but anyway but yeah it's just it's just amazing and then and of course he was talking about you know about where do you see that that was in uh probably on one of the minnesota lakes or something no no on the on the bay of green bay Bay? yeah on the bay of green bay yeah Yeah. and he said that uh that the current in the bay will affect the fish in the direction that they're facing and actually move them from areas from shallower water to deeper water yeah the current because when i was up there uh this spring, I mentioned the Sister Islands. I happened to get out there our last day last year, and it was absolutely incredible. I mean, the fish weren't there in the morning, and they were there. Like, we were the only boat. We would went up out there for one last shot, mm-hmm. and they'd moved. I mean, it was incredible. And then um, you'll go another time, and you the water's so clear, you can look down, and you don't see any of them. And yeah. I've seen I've seen times yeah. like right before dark where you see them kind of cruising off the reef, swimming out deeper. Yeah. They're yeah. like they're moving out in mass. So yeah, those bass they can move around, and I guess smallmouth are really weather susceptible. Any changes and so mm-hmm. forth can really mm-hmm. make a difference. Yeah, can. And I was telling you during the break how my son Chris and I put a new transducer on his boat on Fourth uh, of July, two hours in that blazing sun having the jury rig it because you can't get at the wiring because they put the aluminum plating around all well, what, the wiring. And well, what year boat is it, though? It's a 2004 Alumacraft. Well, my 2005 Alumacraft, Dale has no problem doing any work on that one. I oh, don't no, you don't. I doing. mean, no. Well, the guys who do that stuff they know, for they, a living, they got their secrets, I think. I they really, know how to do it. Yeah, they know. They got their secrets, how you pull all of that stuff I, out, pull uh, it in. I don't know. It, it, it was see, see guys like me would just prefer to pay <laughs> guys like Dale who know yeah. what they're doing to do it as opposed to spending all afternoon. Well, we but just, it was a good father and son project for yeah, you. Yeah, we spent a couple hours. We worked up quite a sweat, but actually everything is situated real nicely. It looks good, even though it was jury rigged. Everything's like now hidden. What's, now, what's that know, with so. the wiring you were mentioning about before the oh, gauge they, wire and they, stuff? Oh yeah, I. Uh, Talk to John over at Anchors Away. And, folks, if you got a question about your electronics or about electric motors, uh, about your docks, how to clean your boats, all that all that different stuff, John is an expert over at Anchors Away in Waukesha, especially when it comes to, you know, well, all the stuff that they carry there, but especially electronics and electric motors. But he was telling me that even guys who have brand-new boats, they'll have electrical problems, and they'll bring it into him, and he'll check it all out, and he'll and he'll tell them, "Well, I got to rewire the whole boat." And they'll say, "Wait a minute, it's it's a brand new boat." Yeah, but I got to rewire the whole thing. And they say, "But it's a brand new boat." They don't. Some some boat manufacturers will cheapen out on the wire gate on the gauge of wire that they're using. Right. They should use a heavier gauge wire, and they're not. And uh, 
then they then you take it to a guy like John who's got to redo it. Back around 2000, I want to say, or maybe thereabouts, uh, a friend of mine taught with me at the high, sc- high school. <clears throat> he uh, bought an Alumacraft boat from M.W. Marine, mm-hmm. and he went on Lake Michigan to troll. And he didn't realize that most Lake Michigan trolling, you just use your power motor, right? Right, yeah. So he thought, trolling motor, troll. Oh, his electric. And he was using it for <laughs> hours, and then all of a sudden smoke was coming from the uh, compartment, yeah. shut her down, almost had a fire. So he went back to MW, and it was too light. Of, actually, here's what he did. Uh, being the electronic, he actually taught electronics or electric uh, whatever at, at our school. Okay. So he was a genius on all that uh, electrical stuff. Mm-hmm. He rewired his whole boat himself with heavier gauge wiring. Yeah. And when he talked to the guys at MW, they wanted to offer him a job there. <laughs> Will you work here? Yeah. said, no, thanks. Yeah. But yeah, he rewired with the heavier gauge wire. Yeah. And so you can see that that could be an issue. issue and why? Manufacturers just want to cut costs? Yeah, that's basically what it is, cutting costs. That's And you, you mentioned it's because what? They want to have more like a fancy council yeah fancier yeah yeah john said yeah they'll put ten dollars extra in a fan something extra on the council to make it look good because that catches the buyer's eye whereas the stuff that you don't see like the wiring right you know they'll cheapen up on that a little bit and now he didn't say what manufacturers and i would never even if he did tell me i wouldn't disclose it i don't want to get sued (laughs) yeah so well, hey, you know what? It's time. It is now time, folks, for the gut report. Danny, I'm going to give you a choice. Uh, I'm going to ask you, do you want a recipe for fish tacos or a recipe that's coconut fish? It's kind of a Thai type thing. Fish tacos sounds weird, man. They, fish are, on tacos? they are good. They are really good. Let's go with the coconut. Okay, Even we'll try Sam's it. a green how, back there, right? How, think of fish t- how many people I mean, have tacos. had? I've never had fish tacos, never will. No. I'm just going to put that out there. Didn't tacos come from, <laughs> didn't tacos come from Mexico? Uh, probably. Yeah. Do, do you really think the Mexicans are putting fish on tacos? That sounds like some they of the don't most even am- have fish down there. Yeah, that's yeah, like one yeah. of the most. <laughs> yes, they do. They got a lot of ocean fish. It's about as American as it gets. <laughs> I doubt that they are, the I Mexicans are have. going to the ocean catching I, fish saying, let's hey, make a fish taco. Be, be, I bet okay. fish taco is an American I'll tell original. You what. I'll tell you what. If anybody it's a Mexican listening. Mexican non-original. It's a American ever, original. Has ever been to Mexico. If you've been to Mexico like and had pizza. fish tacos, give us a call at 799-1250. If they did, it's at an American restaurant. Well, we'll it's see. It's at a Taco Bell, for we'll God's see. sake. They're everywhere. We'll see. But, okay, we're going to do the coconut thing when we come back right here on the Gut Report here on the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Yeah, man, I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor. All right, here we go. Now, yeah, uh, this is uh, something a little bit different, folks. So you, you take your favorite fish, make sure that you've got the bones out, make sure that your skin is off. You put some uh, tomatoes, you know, skin them, and lay them on the bottom of a baking sheet, uh, oiled, uh, greased ba- baking sheet. Uh, you take a couple of tomatoes, a large onion, some red peppers, you know, you can you can use any kind of pepper you like, you know, green or red, uh, garlic, salt, oregano, pepper, 
you know, all the basic stuff. You lay it down. You put the fish on top of it. Then you uh, you put some, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, the garlic and oregano and the pepper and, and stuff and the salt. You put that on top of the fish, and you bake it for about 30 minutes at 350. Then you remove it, and you pour a can of um, coconut cream over it. Now, if you want to make this a real Thai dish, put some hot peppers in there, okay? Okay. <laughs> put some hot peppers in there. But you pour the coconut cream over it, and you put some butter on top, and then you put it back in the oven for another 15 minutes. It gives it a... I, I've had a number of Thai dishes where they like to use coconut and things, and if you like coconut, it's good. If you don't like coconut, don't make it, <laughs> Okay. But if you like coconut, you want something different, try that. It, 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 it is a little bit different. You got all the veggies in there, you know, and you got the fish in there. and then you So only... maybe I gave everyone a bum steer on having you do that coconut one because well, if half, the, half our listeners hate coconut, we just <laughs> gave a bum recipe, and it's my fault. Yeah, No, not really. No. I mean, you I should have went with the fish tacos. Here's the thing. People, oh, what was the guy called about fish? Oh, he's on the line still. Okay. Yeah, we still got John on the north let, side. Let, let's get him on here for the gut report. Good Good morning, John. How you doing? Good morning, gentlemen. Hey, thank you, thank you for holding on. I do appreciate it. The, the best fish I ever had was in Monterrey, Mexico. Is it, okay. Well, Bushy says there are no fish in Mexico. Well, I'm th- <laughs> I meant inner Mexico. <laughs> okay. If you ever buy shrimp, like in a yeah. wherever, whatever store, see where it's caught. A lot of it's out of the Gulf, and a right. certain percentage is actually from Mexico. Mm. Mm-hmm. Very good there. Very good. Really good fish. Now, okay. did you have fish tacos down there? I had fish tacos. I've had broiled fish. I've had... They're right by the ocean. Yeah, so they do do fish tacos in Mexico, yeah. huh? The Mexicans must put everything on a taco. Well, no, it's, I wonder it's, if they got fish. I, gotta tell I you, mean, squirrel tacos. I, I don't have the idea how to make it. And maybe what? Say that again, John. Bushy I, was I don't talking know how over to you. Make it, but it's like a coleslaw they put on the on the taco shell with the fish. Okay. There's a little tomato in there. And I don't know if you you got to give your recipe next week, then, Tom. Okay, yeah. I'll tell you what. Next week we'll do fish tacos, and it's and it's really easy, and it's really good if you like lime and cilantro yeah, and exactly. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's a nice summer light food. Very it, good. it is. It is. All right. Well, thanks for calling. Thanks. I do appreciate thanks. it. Good show. Take care. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Well, the Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor, where you're going to find the best price, selection, and service at 51st and Oklahoma in Milwaukee and Main Street in Barstow and Waukesha. For weekly specials and fish tacos, no, not really, go to discountliquorinc.com. Take her away, Up Sam. To you. Are we coming back from the gut report? All right. Welcome back to the Skipper Buds <laughs> gut report. Hornswoggle, cutting edge outdoors show. Uh, speaking of, uh, he wants, he's t- John, our good listener, said uh, a light summer kind of a uh, yeah. kind of a dish. Nobody wants a light summer dish. We all want a big bowling ball gut summer dish. You know, something big. Chow down. You do? Oh, yeah. On a hot summer day? Well, look at you, Mr. Lean over there. Uh, you ah, know what I... I'm talking about. No. Brats and burgers, and we want heavy food that you can sink your mm. teeth into. Who wants to have a salad in the middle of summer and something light? Not a salad. So here's my... Not a salad. Here's my... <laughs> salad. Here's my light... No, here's my uh, heavy... 
heavy summer dish. It's a recipe for a venison burger. Oh, yeah. So you're ready to awesome. go here? Yep. Bushy's half-pound venison burger recipe. You take the venison. Now, hopefully you shot a younger deer on a nice farm where mm-hmm. it's eating organic and all whole stuff. Then you get the burger, thaw the tube out. You know how they come in those yep. little plastic tubes. So take a real sharp knife and cut it in half and save the other half in a Ziploc for another delicious burger on another day. Then you take and squeeze the tube out, and then you pat it together in the patty. Now, if you take it out of the tube, it tends to stay together really good because it's already kind of packed together. So Mm -hmm. you can pack it as flat as you possibly can. Now, a half-pound burger, kind of hard to do. And when it cooks, it kind of shrinks together, you know, Tom, and gets fat. So anyway, put a little bit of olive oil in the frying pan. And then put the burger in there. Oh, coat the burger both sides with Lowry seasoning salt. Oh, got to okay. have that. Yeah. Uh, cut up some onions and throw some pieces of onion, small pieces of onions, in with the olive oil. Get it hot, then throw the burger in there. But the key is you got to put the cover on the pan. Right. Don't fry it just like open face. Right. You got to cover it up because venison is like, I don't mix mine with anything. Mm-hmm. I want pure venison, it's all mm-hmm. lean meat but you don't want to over get it too dry. Right. And you yeah. cook it, and you can flip it a few times in between, and then right at the end, you can throw whatever kind of cheese you want on it, mm-hmm. and then have a big slice of onion, raw onion, big slice of tomato, and then put that big old burger. Now, here's the other tip. Do not use a hamburger bun. Yeah, no, you gotta can't have those little buns. Fall apart. Uh, the next best thing you can do is if you go to like... Uh, Pick and save and get their Kaiser rolls. Get yeah, the big. Get a big one. But even better than that, Tom, mm. I was at the pick and save and I was walking by and they got this little bin where it's for these big giant hard rolls, three yep. for a buck. Yep. Uh, there's a special bolo or something. There's a special name for them. I'd seen them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I thought, well, those look like hamburger buns except on steroids. So three <laughs> for a buck. And they're huge. Yeah. And then you can put that. Big old half-pound venison burger covered with cheese. On that bun, you can pick some of the... uh, You got raw onion on there, but you can kind of scrape up the bottom of the pan, the Mm -hmm. greasy onions that are in there Mm -hmm. as well. Put that on there. Put that old, you know, scooch it all together (laughs) in that big (laughs) old bun. (laughs) And I'll tell you what, that is the best gosh darn burger. I normally am a ketchup fiend. Yeah, yeah. I mowed one of those things down with zero ketchup, hot right off the grill with that uh-huh. cheese and everything. And anyone who says they wouldn't like venison is out of their mind. I know. Those are good. I've had those. But those big times. buns work perfect yeah, for a giant yeah. burger. I'm going to mention ketchup after the gut report, which, by the way, folks, is coming up next. And the gut report is sponsored by Carl's Country Market. Over there in Menominee Falls on Pilgrim Road in Silver Spring, and uh, you'll get a if you win, you'll get a ten dollars gift certificate from them. And then it's also sponsored by Baitmate Fish Attractants and Coleman Insect Repellents. You'll get some of that good stuff. So uh, Bushy's going to uh, make three statements. You're going to tell him if it's a hornswoggle or no hornswoggle, and if you are correct, two out of three, you're going to win these wonderful prizes. So Bushy, you're all ready with the questions. Just about. Yep. <laughs> Just about. All right. 799-1250. That's 414-799-1250. Be a contestant for the Hornschwaggle right here on 105.7 FM, The Fan.
be some kind of way out of here. Say that joker to the Welcome beat. back. Welcome back to Skipper Bud's Cutting Edge Outdoors. Uh, we've got our Hornschwaggle, the much-awaited, world-famous Hornschwaggle segment. I believe we've got uh, Louie on the line. Hey, i got a comment here, Tom. Yes. Uh, one of our good listeners, Tom, uh, nice guy, local out there in Pewaukee, Tom mentioned to me that uh, he says, do you guys ever have any women play the Hornschwaggle? And I said... If they want to call. Well, that's not the... the do we ever? No, it's always guys that. Yeah, give me kinda that. Kind of interesting. I think Sam, we might. I can sheet. remember maybe one woman called for the Hornschwaggle way back when. Yeah. This is Louie? Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, hey, Louie, where are you from again? Northwest side of Milwaukee, sir. Milwaukee. Well, yep. good, good morning. And we already told Louie if he wins to stay on hold and yeah. Sam can get his address and stuff. And what you can win is a $10 gift certificate to uh, Carl's Country Market, as well as a prize package from Baitmate Fish Attractant. So here we go. Uh, I'll make the statement. If I'm lying, pulling your leg, just say, that's a hornschwaggle. If I'm telling the truth, say, no hornschwaggle. Okay. Mule deer and white-tailed deer. Uh, very similar. However, it's interesting. Mule deer actually run differently then white-tailed deer, mule deer tend to kind of bound, kind of like they're hopping up and down, as opposed to the white-tailed deer. There is a difference in how they how they motor. Hornschwaggle or no hornschwaggle? No hornschwaggle. No hornschwaggle. Very good. Got a ring over there. Good job, sir. <laughs> Sam's filling in today. We want to thank him. He's doing a fine job as our producer today. Okay. Um... Fox squirrels and gray squirrels. Fox squirrels and gray squirrels. As many people know, I love to squirrel hunt. Uh, fox squirrels and gray squirrels live in the same areas and, and mate frequently. Frequently, you're getting crosses between fox squirrels and gray squirrels. Hornschwaggle or no hornschwaggle? No hornschwaggle. Well, that's a hornschwaggle. They don't often really cross or mate, even though they live sometimes cross in the same habitat. Not that it's not possible. So you're one out of two. Okay, so here we go. Smallmouth bass and catfish. Catfish are known to locate prey by smell, whereas smallmouth bass tend to be sight feeders in clear water. Hornschwaggle or no hornschwaggle? No hornswoggle. No hornswoggle. You are correct. Okay. So you got your choice for the bait mate. You can get a combination of a bait mate fish attractant in your favorite fish species flavor, uh, along with a Coleman insect repellent with Deed or Deedless, or you can opt to get a little tiny, little portable first aid kit you can throw in the boat. What do you think you'd like? I'll try the first aid kit. The first aid kit. Okay. So what we're going to do, we're going to put you on hold, and Sam's going to get your address, and you'll get mailed the certificate from me. Our good friends at Baitmate will get it out, the, get their stuff out to you in a week or so, so hold tight on that. They won't come together, but you will get your stuff. Thanks, guys. Well, congratulations. All right, take care. Bye, Louie. All right. Hold hey, on there and get, Danny, get his information, Sam. Yeah. I just went through the archives, and in 2015, I keep all these records. 
in 2015. Come on, man. You got to get. <laughs> I keep records. In 2015, a lady by the name of Teresa from Franklin. Well, that's what I was right. Play, I said I horn. remember one yeah, woman one. calling You're once. You're right. Yep. In 2015, Teresa. You don't from have Franklin. the records all the way back to when we started the Hornswoggle. How many years ago have we been doing Hornswoggle now? Uh, since 2015. Has it been since 2015? Yeah. It seemed to be so that it's like been longer four than years, that. Over four years. Has it been 20 for Teresa? So we don't get a lot of women calling. Yeah, see, I see all these 3x5 cards. Like they're front and back on 3x5 five, five, five cards. I got them all. You're, Am you're I a little a, anal about that? Oh, my God. No, well, you know why I keep these? I, because I, uh, Ron Heidenreich, our advertising manager, I give him uh, a listing of all the different towns and cities where people have are listening and call us you know for the hornswoggle or, or the nfl oh, yeah, football yeah, yeah, picking yeah. contest okay. it shows our advert a prospective advertiser well, a that, lot of cities that, there. that people are all over all listening over the to place us. all over so, all over the place yeah so it, all it over. comes There's in handy people that want to be now you said you were going to give us a, a report on a movie oh you are talking off the air about movie well um you know, summertime, I like to sometimes turn on the air conditioning and watch a movie. And I don't have Netflix. Seems like the whole world, everybody, have you got Netflix? Have you got this? No, I don't have it. I have the basic cable. Quit asking me that. And quit asking if I have an iPhone. It's a flip phone. I'm happy with it. <laughs> so anyway, I go to the old family video. There's one in Waukesha. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a nice place. They got pizza you can get mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's kind of nice to see that that's, you know, all the big blockbusters and Hollywood videos or mm-hmm. whatever have gone by the wayside now. Right. But uh, I'll go there and rent movies. But the other day I was at uh, Walgreens, I believe. No, Target. And I thought, oh, well, they sell movies too. And I, you know, most of the movies, the new movies, they sell them for like twenty nine ninety nine. I'm not spending $30 for a movie. Because yeah. what do you do once you watch it? Yeah. You know, wait. Loan it to friends. Loan it to friends. And wait never till, get it back. Wait till 10 years <laughs> later when you forgot the movie and watch it again. Yeah. So, but they had a pack for like... Uh, Seventeen ninety nine of uh, uh, like a six pack of movies of Stephen King movies. Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, one was Pet Cemetery, which I okay. remember seeing in yep. the uh, theater. And uh, then uh, one of them though was a TV. It was actually a you know how they'd have those TV movies like Roots and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think they had one years ago, kind of a series. It was based on the Stephen King book, The Stand. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And The Stand is one of the few books, Dracula was the other one, uh, that once I started reading it, I read it, like, cover to cover. I didn't Mm -hmm. stop. I was in college at the time. Yeah. When I should have been studying, I just stayed up 24 hours and read The Stand. Um, And so they had The Stand, and it was pretty interesting. They had Gary, what's his name, Cincy, is that his name? The one who was in Apollo, uh, Apollo... uh, 13 or yeah oh, no yeah. are you talking about gary the guy Sins- who was in forrest gump that gary not yeah uh no no yeah he was Lieutenant Lieutenant Dan. Dan. yeah yeah okay, so he's yeah. in it okay yeah and rob lowe is in it rob lowe pay, okay. plays a deaf mute okay and uh who else was in there that they had so anyway it's kind of interesting looking at these you know, the guys are way younger than yeah than right back right. and uh i watched the whole thing and then i did start remembering bits and parts because I do believe on TV, I never, it must have been over a series where you had to watch every day. I do remember seeing the, bat, the last part of that movie, mm-hmm. the last, where there's like a big atomic bomb explodes. Um, but it was pretty yeah, in, right, interesting, yeah. and it's kind of like The Stand 
everybody dies of like this disease. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of like a precursor to uh, The Walking Dead. Oh, okay. It's kind of like, it's it's very much like that. I think this was kind of like a... Leading into a, it. Leading yeah, into yeah, it, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah. anyway, okay. I'm, I'm halfway through watching all the different movies. The, one, the other one, they had Silver Bullet, which was about a werewolf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That one was pretty lame. The werewolf, yeah. nowadays special effects are way better than even back then. Oh. I'm thinking this stuff was from the 80s, maybe, that they made yeah. this. Or, yeah. Yeah, late 70s, Long early 80s. Yeah. The, the werewolf looks so bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know it's amazing what they can do looks nowadays. Looks like a guy in a costume. Going, yeah. you know? <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, it is almost 7 o'clock, but uh, there was, hell oh, darn it, there was something I was going to bring up to you. But, oh, well, I can't remember. Yeah, folks, you can always call us at 799-1250, or you can uh, email us live at ceoguys at yahoo.com. And I'm going to check check the inbox, see if anything's well, in here. you check that inbox. Nothing's there, here. Yeah, okay, but, well. We do have one caller on hold. We have oh. Sean Waukesha. Well, oh. we can go get to him quick. What the heck? Right. Yeah. Who is this? Sean? No, Char. C-H-A-R. Oh, oh, Char. Friend, Char. Hi, Char. Write your name down. I, See, Tom, your record keeping's I starting went, to slip I, up, buddy. I probably, I went over rating it so fast, I probably. Good thing you're not in charge of nuclear it. missiles, or you'd be missing one right now. <laughs> missing your name on that very all comprehensive since 2015 list. But yeah, so you did win. All right. I did. So, but it's hard to get through because you is know, that why? Is that why? Okay, I was just kind of wondered why we don't have more females, unless. We thought that, well, you're greatly knowledgeable about the outdoors. I thought maybe some women just don't have the confidence that they can answer those very in-depth, complicated hornswoggle questions. Well, some of your questions are tough, I'll say. Some yeah. are kind of tough, yeah. yeah. I even get Tom, once in a while I get a kind of a quizzical, yeah, I, befuddled look from Tom over there. I look at him like, what? <laughs> yeah, befuddled and quizzical. All right, All right Char, well, th- thanks for calling Take and care, reminding Char. us. That's two of you that have won here. <laughs> Thanks, sir. All right. It is now time for the Sports Update with Sam Schmitz. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. Uh, (laughs) You're on the crazy train. Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 1057 FM, The Fan. Hey, well, it's that time of the morning, folks. That's right. From 6 to 8, you can tune in to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors with Dan Bush and me, Tom Neubauer. Sam Schmitz is filling in for Nick today, and uh, you can always get in touch with us by calling us at 414-799-1250. This is a live show, so watch your language. And uh, you can also email us live at ceoguys@yahoo.com. So, uh, Danny, you're looking up stuff there. You're looking very intently at, at things. Uh, yeah. So, you know, when you asked why I was laughing this morning? Yeah. Okay, so I came in today all prepared. I have everything. I've been up since 4.30. So, 
I brought, I got to bring my cheater glasses, right? So I yeah. got this glasses case in my hand. You open it up and nothing in them. No glasses. <laughs> That's why I was laughing at those, myself. Those How many people have done that before? Where you grab, thinking, oh, grab my glasses, and they're not in there. Mm. That was a brain fart by me. Yeah, I don't know. So I've never done it. No I keep I keep my cheater glasses in. I've got one of those too, right here. See, but I keep it in my uh, radio show briefcase. Well, again, you I'm know, gonna so look at that. Am I am back there? My best tip of the week, however, is uh, don't go to the optometrist and have them make you some fancy see up close glasses, unless your insurance is paying for it and you don't have to pay anything. Then go for it. Uh, go to the Dollar yep. Tree store and just buy. Stand back, and you can put the glasses on, try, and then whichever one you like, buy five of them for five bucks. Yep. And then you scatter them all around the house, in the boat, <laughs> on the dashboard. Yeah. yeah in the glasses case, which it yeah, should be here. You but know, it's I funny you mention that because in the bag that I take with fishing stuff when I'm going fishing, okay, I put a bunch of stuff in a bag. Yeah, take it. Yeah. There's always a pair of cheater glasses in that well, bag, keep, but I got to get another one of these hard cases I for even, that one. I even have a few sometimes in tackle boxes, because if yeah. all of a sudden you got to tie a knot... Yeah, that's why I know, have it with me. Yeah, old guys, you know. Yeah. Well, the if I'm tying a Palomar, like on a spinnerbait or, you know, a larger lure, no big deal. Most of the time I don't need but, it. Right. But if I'm tying it with four-pound test on mm-hmm. a mini-mite... Yeah, you've got to thread it through that <laughs> it's hole. Like, wait a minute, I can't see that. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I was borrowing your yeah. cheaters. I've got yeah. the latest edition of Peterson's Hunting Magazine. Yeah. And on page 36, here's the article. I'm going to hand it over to you and Uh-oh. see what you think about that one. Can squirrels save hunting? There's a bunch of dead squirrels there. Yes. Now, one thing... Take a look at that photo. What do you notice something about that photo? Besides the dead squirrels on the back of a truck? Yeah. What is that on the back of that truck? I don't know. That's kind of weird. No, bonehead. It's the squirrels are all bloody looking. They well, yeah, they're you all do bl- not, they're all gutted you out. You do not now I wrote I used to they're write all, for the lake. You know, yeah. country reporter, yeah. and I'd have my outdoors column, and I did, you know, several squirrel and rabbit. Yeah. But I knew that when you set up a photo, you don't have the game. Now, maybe because it's Peterson's hunting, and they figure yeah. the only kind of sodbusters reading it are going to be hunters, so PETA people aren't reading it and getting offended anyway. So maybe a, a circulated newspaper is going to get the more, yeah. you know, North Shore Nancys, and they're not going to like to see a little blood on a squirrel. So maybe that's different. But you don't normally, even even though, think about it, most even big game, when they show pictures of deer and bear and stuff, they don't necessarily make it a point to show the thing looking as bloody as possible. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah so these, that, are, these are all, you can tell they're gutted out, and like one of them's one missing, shot, missing most of its tail. One got shot in the back leg. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah, I see it, that. Yeah. The guy who wrote the article yeah, wasn't too good of a shot. I think he... Uh, yep. I think he was tending to hit a photo shot tail. or a, a no, gun with the shot. 20, with I know. The 22. Or maybe he used the shotgun on those. I think he hit those. one in the back leg with a 22. I've seen what the back leg squirrel shot with a 22 looks uh, like. Yeah, no, so, that's... But anyway, interesting article. I'm giving the poor guy a hard time. I'm glad he's writing. He's got a great recipe here. So I got to check this out. And squirrel can be good. One of the best recipes I lost was from that Squirrels Unlimited group they had a magazine with uh or newsletter with uh recipes but the gist of this article is that um less and less kids are hunting Mm -hmm. and that um you know sure some 
turkey hunt, some deer hunt. But that involves a lot of sitting, and today's kids right. aren't into sitting a whole lot. Right, yeah. So he thinks if we could get more kids in squirrel hunting where you're on the move, still hunting, working your way through the woods, mm-hmm. that maybe that could get more kids involved. And I know as a kid, my dad took me once, and that's all it took. He never took me squirrel hunting again. He was too busy doing his bow hunting and this and that. So I just go squirrel hunting yeah. by myself with a twenty two rifle. It does teach you how to shoot. It does mm-hmm. teach you how to walk through the woods quietly, uh, when to move, when to stand. Um, it kind of, it's like still hunting whitetails. And uh, yeah, so I think that would be something. If you want to take a kid out, take them squirrel hunting. It, it, normally you get a lot of action too. So the kid mm-hmm. gets to pull the trigger. Yeah. Hey, I got a, I got a question. I can, we can play a little game here. Oh, great. Let's get to know Sam Schmitz. Oh, I mean, he's only been here one other time. Sam, are you yeah. a hunter? No, I'm not. Unfortunately, I was. Uh, I was just thinking about it too when you guys were talking about. It. Like, uh, I think between the last time I was here, um, my grandparents actually just sold like our family cabin up north. Yeah, up in Lake Arrowhead. So like now, okay. I don't really get a chance to go up north at all. But you went fishing up there, right? Oh yeah, I, I, that was yeah. the one thing I do all the time. I I always have this like tradition too, where like every time I went fishing, I'd always catch the first one. I don't know what it is. But I just had, like, really good luck. Lucky would, Sam always got the yeah. first one. He, he would grab everybody else's fishing rods and would let, he'd sit yeah. on them <laughs> until, no, he some caught, people until have, he caught one. Some people have that mojo. <laughs> yeah, you have that mojo. So, And w- any favorite fish you like to fish for? I mean, I, I at, at the time, I didn't really know, like, what I was catching and all that. Yeah. I mean, just okay. catch a fish, it was, it was good enough for me. But, like, the only time, you know, I was like, whoa, I, I caught a catfish. Yeah. Did you guys eat them? No, unfortunately, no. we didn't. No, no, <laughs> no, nobody in our family is like that outdoorsy okay. where uh, they know like how do you know? Yeah, give them Tom's fish taco recipe. There you, yeah, there oh, you go. next week. Yeah, next week. Mm-hmm. Next week. Given that, yeah. forget the coconut one. Yeah, because yeah. a lot well, of people don't like coconut, but some people do. And well, if they've I'm never okay tried coconut. it, if you've never tried Isn't it, is there a drink that tastes coconutty? Oh, I'm sure, oh, I'm sure there yeah. are. I'm sure there. Are. Oh, you know what's really good? Malibu coconut rum. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. Um, That's good. But how about like the coconut shreds of coconut that they put on top of something? No, I I'm, not like big, I'm not big into that. Yeah, what did no. they put that on? No. That I, it, it just, uh, I don't know. It brings back a memory of something I, I don't like that I can't remember quite what it is. It's funny. I used to work in the bars and all that just a couple of years There's ago, so I should know that. that but we're not, it's it's yeah. like little pieces of cheese, but it's coconut. <laughs> yeah. That's... And it makes whatever you're eating yeah. taste like nah. crap coconut. Yeah, I don't care for don't that. Don't care for that. Coconut cream, coconut milk. If you use it in a recipe, that's fine with me. But yeah. not the little shreds of them. Well, now I'm. Go- oh, go ahead. The local, f- the fishing report now is uh, water temps are finally up, getting kind of stable. Mm-hmm. Uh, fishing's been a weird year. I talk to people; doesn't mm-hmm. matter where they're fishing for what species. It seems like everything's been kind of goofy. Um, but it does seem that things are kind of stabilizing. Now I actually saw some decent sized gills cruising around, yeah. cruising around the shoreline. I actually saw bass, my first yeah. bass of the yeah. year that I saw swimming along. I used to see all kinds of them, and you know. Summer. Well, I got to tell you, Dan. Every time I've been out this year, we've done very good on bass. Uh, my my uh, two sons, uh, my two older boys who fish a lot, uh, they've gone out with their. Well, like my one son goes out with his couple of brother in laws. They've done extremely well every time they've been out. Um, even there's even uh, a, a couple of his brother-in-laws that, you know, they know how to fish, but they're not really in tuned about fish habit habits and where they right. should be and all that stuff. But 
they catch fish. And as a matter of fact, one brother-in-law really doesn't know much about fishing, period. But he can go out and throw a wacky rigged worm and catch fish. You How know, come so. everybody has a brother-in-law who doesn't know much about fishing or isn't really much of a deer hunter, but he still goes yeah. anyway? Oh, yeah. He's yeah, the guy, your bro- the brother-in-law yeah. that buys the new rifle and the new orange yeah. blaze orange <clears throat> jacket and comes up there with you. You got to have those. Well, that's yeah. how they get indoctrinated, I that's guess. That's how they get know? indoctrinated. Yeah, yeah. They learn how. That's how now, you get tight with the fam. You know, we were you talking get about. get tight with the brother. Yeah, right? get tight with the bros. Hey, uh, I was going to say, you know, we Unless talked about. brother-in-law from Illinois. Then. <laughs> the no good brother-in-laws from Illinois. We were talking about the, good the DNR up. money, you know. Yeah. That uh, they don't want it taken from one fund, use it for another fund. And you said, well, they got a lot of money, right? The DNR, I mean, they've got they got politics. Money. They rob one but, Peter to pay Paul yeah. all the time. I well, don't know if what they the got deal all is. this money. They're gonna and, do what they want to do yeah, anyway. If they got this money, and 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 we already bought the land for the North Lake launch, right? Oh, no, not already that. bought Tom, the land. Tom, if I were a listener, so I'd turn, the, I'd turn the radio it. off right now. <laughs> I would turn the radio off right now if I were listening. Well, I'll tell you what, our listeners feel the same way that it enough time has passed we only, already bought the only land one listener who wants to fish north lake the rest of them could give a rat's behind no, there's a lot of guys that want to go out there but i said i, I kind of agree it, with mark horton my buddy it's just good you for the to get whole out there, area get a little exercise get a canoe no, get a small no. boat me and canoe. Do you I, some good. You I go was down, in, you paddle, was, and you go in there, hey, and, and you go fish. I was in a canoe once. You don't once. have to launch the SS I, Minnow. I was in a canoe once in my life. I was in it and out of it, and I'll never be in one again. <laughs> so We don't get along, me and canoes. No? <laughs> no. I fell out of that for one first time I, got, I went in it. <laughs> I got cat-like balance. I, canoes are no problem for me. Oh, uh, not me. Oh, no. the good but anyway, but we'll... Having a pet paddling a canoe every we'll bi- get that bible camp we'd have canoe races right every canoe race just deteriorated into one terrible big water fight yeah where you'd be out there with your water paddle fights. and you could hit the water just perfect with your paddle and start soaking the other guys in the canoe then it became a tussle the next thing you know a canoe's upside down with two guys hanging onto the side yeah canoes float though that's okay yep. we all had life preservers on you know, the, I got when it comes to canoes. I'll just say this quick before the break. Uh, most canoes, they got a little weight to them. You know, mm-hmm. there was one over at Sherpers. I, they probably will get some more. I think they sold the last one. The, it's made out of a special material. It is so thin and it's so light, Danny. It it's like a, it's a big long canoe. It's got to be like 16, 14, 16 feet. Yeah. It's a big canoe. You can pick it up with one hand. It is so light, but yet it's very strong and durable. Well, it's we used amazing. to think the aluminum aluminum canoes were mm-hmm. were light. Oh, you you should did this one. I I could not believe it. What when I when we first got them in, one of the guys said to me, "Here, lift up on this regular canoe." And you I want to know what I think yeah. is probably one of the most given away for free things in the world over the years. Advice? No, can, <laughs> probably canoes. <laughs> How many people have a canoe sitting in their rafters of their garage in the shed underneath this in mm-hmm. the and finally some hey you got the you want it take it I, it's yeah. been sitting there for 20 years that's the way it was with me and nobody tumbo- uses them yeah, that's everybody's it, got them nobody yeah. uses them that's the way it was with me in a toboggan you gave that after, away after after the kids got older and didn't want it it's like who wants this toboggan right <laughs> you know? 
take it. So never buy, the moral of the story is, never buy a toboggan or a canoe. Just find one, somebody, some but schmo you know, who wants to give it away. But you know what's growing? Free. Yeah, you know what's growing is kayaking. That is growing. Yeah, every, huge. everybody and their brothers pulling I'm up, pulling you, up in a car with a I, kayak. I could see Sam here in a kayak. I could see you in a kayak. Because he's a Sam. millennial. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying that's what you're trying to get. No, I can see. I see how it is. When men were men, there with his girlfriend in the kayak. You know, back in the old days, caveman days, we didn't have kayaks. We had real. We had canoes. Yeah, we had canoes. I didn't want to say it. Canoes. Scared. They were scared. We had canoes made out of birch bark. Yeah. 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 Guys right. like Tom. <laughs> said he no. Did. He didn't do so well. No. I'm going with Ole Evanrud and going across Okachi You were one of the first guys in a stink pot motorized hey, boat. We got to go to a break. This is <laughs> the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors with Dan Bush and me, Tom Newbauer. And give uh, Sam a call. He's looking a little lonely back there at 799-1250. We'll be right back. I want the world fit to the dark side of the moon. After all, I knew it had to be something to do with you. I really don't mind what happens now and then. As long as you'll be oh, here my on. friend at the end. If I go crazy, then will you still call me Welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah. Skipper Buds, Cutting Edge Outdoors. Hey, I want to thank uh, some of our listeners. Shout out to Gary. I keep telling Gary. He just uh, sold and bought some land on a lake, northern Wisconsin. He's all excited this week. Gary, so shout out to Gary. Uh, shout out to Joe Brown. Remember my student, Joe Brown? Sure. Yeah, Joe, I got yeah. a text from him. I, he sent it when I was sleeping last night. He wants to come in the studio again. I'll have to send him a text back and tell him that that would be fine. He had taken off to college. Uh, thanks to the uh, police officers that listened to us, the firefighters, uh, other first responders, health care workers, all the people out there, truck drivers working hard. That would be a hard job, the truck driving and today's traffic. People drive crazier oh. and crazier. Since, uh, since, some, since it's gone 70 miles an hour, I heard another radio station, they were talking about that. Yeah. And, and it's true. If you go on like the uh, 894 over here where the yeah. limit's supposed to be 55. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Right. People drive like... Uh, 65 is minimum. It's, all <laughs> like think, you guys are talking about me. They, <laughs> all think, they all think they're Mario Andretti. Well, I just follow the traffic, the people in front of me, the people behind me. I'm just keeping up with everybody else, and I'm yeah. going. And then all of a sudden, you'll have people passing you, and it's like, you got to be kidding. You know, it's, yeah. Years ago, my dad got pulled over <laughs> in the cop. My dad goes to the cop. He goes, well, I was just going with the traffic. He goes, going with it. You were leading it, he said. <laughs> Here's another joke, too. Guy gets pulled over with, by the cop. He's speeding, and he goes, well, everybody's speeding. The cop says to him, you ever go fishing? The guy goes, yeah. You ever catch all the fish in the lake? <laughs> yeah, it's all. But no, people, yeah. people yeah. go crazy. You ever see the type of person? I, there's too many type A personalities. I think everybody wants to be number one in everything they do, and that means that they cannot be behind anybody. Mm -hmm. You can tell the guy who's going to be wanting to zoom by you as soon as you get on a two-lane merge onto the highway because he's tailgating you all the way up to the to the exit or entrance ramp. Guy's tailgating you. And so I like to mess with those guys because I know what they're going to do. I, I really step on it when I get onto the highway, and I'll just keep speeding up to like 85, 90 miles an hour, and that guy will still... Be right behind you. No. 
no. have to pass you. You'll still they have will to pass get out you. in the far lane, and they, by God, aren't going to be behind anybody. Yeah. And then once you let it, once you slow down, they go back in. Then they slow down. <laughs> they slow down, they but they just don't want anybody in front of you. You know, my pet peeve in, in driving is people who don't use your directionals. I don't care if you want to get in front of me and pass me. Fine. Just, I'm not a mind reader. Let me know where you're going. You know, I hate that when they don't use the directionals, you know. I mean, all of a sudden they start moving over into your lane in front of you. Well, if you would have let me know with your directional, I would have slowed down a little bit and give you plenty of room, you know. Yeah, that, that drives me nuts. Now that we're you know? complaining, now but that anyway. we're getting our gripe it's session same thing going with today. Women. I like our Saturday morning gripe sessions. Same thing with women. Don't, God, we they love don't, women. Don't say anything bad about they, women at all. They think and that. And that dumb button yeah, over there. Late, I finally started I, thanking police persons, yeah. not policemen, yeah. just to keep some of the female hey, I'm just telling you ladies out there who what? are listening. Because they're on their men phone texting are not, all the time. Men are not mind readers. Tell us what you want. Oh, we're Be off specific. to driving. Yeah, yeah. Be specific, you know. And and here's another thing. You well, know what my wife does. Got, one thing oh. that guys got to know is that okay does not mean, mean okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm fine. Means I'm fine. Everything is mean. wrong right now. Yeah. The one thing my wife does that drives me nuts is that I'll ask her a yes or no question. Instead of saying yes or no, she'll come back with a question. And I tell her, just, it's a yes or no answer. Don't, you know, don't give me I, another question. I screwed up. There was this there was this great looking gal used to work at the health club I managed. And I talked to her and I said, oh, I'm going fish, fishing this weekend. She goes, oh, oh, can I go with you? I said, sure. So I called her that Saturday. Hey, Amber, do you want to go fishing? She goes, well, maybe. I said, hey, it's a yes or no question. Yeah. I guess you're not going. <laughs> Click. And I hung up. Did Thinking, you really? Yeah. <laughs> What an idiot I was. She was smoking hot. I should have been understanding. But, hey, I wanted to go fishing. It is a yes or no question. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. God dang it. Hook yeah. up the truck. Yeah. Let's go. You only have so much time in life. You get a day off from work, you're not playing around. You're going yeah. fishing. You know what yeah. else? Uh, okay, now that we're on, on drivers, too. Oh, yeah. I've been doing a lot of biking lately on the old bike trail. And I want to thank... Our listeners for, well, I think it was Tom, one of our listeners, Tom, last year, I mentioned I was dying of dehydration, cramping. Next thing you know, I found a nice water bottle for a bike <laughs> in my boat. Okay, people leave things for yeah, me in right, my boat right, with notes. Right. So I've been using that water bottle filled with Gatorade. But I think studying a bike trail would be an interesting study in sociology and, you know, psychology. And one thing I've noticed, you come to a road, right, where mm -hmm. the cross thing and traffic is... Can't, you know, if you're in a cross, it's like a crosswalk, but yeah. you're supposed to yield to pedestrians. Okay. Who do you think is the most likely to stop their vehicle to let you on your bike cross the road? Male or female? Male. No. No? Hell no. No. No, it's females. Females okay. will be, uh, and do you think a guy in a pickup truck will ever? Hell no. No. Guys with pickup trucks don't own bikes in most cases. Guys yeah. who own bikes have like... Minivans, uh, eco green stuff with a bike rack on yeah. it. Toyota you don't, Priuses. Yeah, the, yeah, you don't see some. <laughs> you don't see them pulling, pulling their bike out of the back of a muddy Ford F one fifty unless they're me. Yeah. See, <laughs> I said, I'm an anomaly. Yeah, yeah. So guys who drive trucks don't like guys who ride bikes anyway, because yeah. they're most of the guys who ride bikes are Democrats, right? And they and and so the guys with the Republicans oh, really? are, are, are Republicans, and the guys who ride bikes wear spandex, that. and the guys who own a truck 
you know, they don't wear spandex and they get their muscles by working construction, I, not riding bikes and I exercising. Think, so I, they naturally don't like each other. I think you should play that uh, station disclaimer so, again. Yeah, so any guy driving a truck, it's science. matter of fact, I quit riding my bike on the street because guys in trucks, not only would they not go around you, they'd try and hit you with their side mirror as close as possible. Uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, women. The women are the ones that will let stop go, for you. Let them go. Just let them keep going. The women are the ones that will stop for you in the crosswalk. On the other oh. hand, I've come to the conclusion, Tom, that I hate most other bikers on the trail. Oh, really? Want to know why I hate them? I, I remember I, I was know. talking about that the tailgater guy that has to go racing by you. Yeah, it's the same yeah. thing on the bike trail. Oh, they do that there too. Oh, yeah. They think they're Lance Armstrong. So if you happen to be up ahead. They have to pass you. They they they're fan they're fantasizing. They're in the uh, Tour de France, and they they gotta go past you. They just have to. Then they'll kind of slow. Then you're like it'll slow down a little bit. But they treat you like you're some rabbit at a greyhound park. <laughs> yeah, and I'm thinking you're not Lance Armstrong, okay? You're an accountant. And he gets upset you when, got two I, ex-kids, when I rant and about I got North a new girlfriend who likes the bike, but you got to get to see the kid on every other weekend. You're not Lance Armstrong. Oh. Yeah. What did Ricky Bobby say? If you ain't first, you're last. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Who? Ricky. Oh, you never seen that movie? Will Ferrell? Yeah. Which, well, well, which will, what Will Ferrell movie? Uh, Talladega Nights, The Legend of Ricky Bobby. Yeah, I've, I've seen it, but I forgot it oh, already. Yeah. It's classic. I never watched it. I wasn't a Will Ferrell fan. I'm not a Will Ferrell fan it's either. Understandable. It's understandable. I guess it's he's a, kind of a knob, too, I hear. That's yeah, it's what just I heard a different too. type of humor. Yeah, yeah I just never got yeah. I just never got his Yeah, there's humor. some comedians I just yeah, I never I don't thought get. Chevy Chase was that great on Saturday Night Live years oh, ago. No, he was, he no, was uh, no, he wasn't that great. I like Bill Murray. He was my kind of... See, and there, there was John one... John Belushi. Oh, John Belushi was hilarious. Yeah. He was hilarious. Yeah. But anyway, we got to go to a break. Okay. 799-1250 is the phone number, Forks, folks. Uh, Forks. Forks. <laughs> We're actually on two stations, 1250 AM and 105.7 FM, The Fan. Tune us in on either one, or how can they get us if they missed anything in the show? Uh, you can always go to 105.7 FMTheFan.com on demand. Uh, we always have every show uh, within like an hour or two after it airs. Just click on uh, Shows, mm-hmm. click on Cutting Edge Outdoors. And it should and be right there. It should be the most recent one. Yeah, it should be first just hour, second hour. Keep yeah. it simple, Tom. Just Google yeah. cut Google cutting yeah, edge just outdoors. Go on there. There you You'll go. You'll find it. All right, folks. Easy. We'll be, yeah, easy peasy. We'll be right back, folks. Uh, we'll we'll see if uh, Danny's got another rant in him. But <laughs> we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors, where we talk hunting, fishing, and anything else we're rolling with. So, yeah. uh, Tom, I got a question for you. Uh-oh. I've got the latest example of Wisconsin's greatest magazine, the Badger Sportsman magazine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a beautiful magazine, got all kinds of cool stuff. They're talking about fishing frogs for summertime bass. Mm hmm. And they're talking, they got one type of frog pictured, the snag-proof Bobby's Perfect Frogs. Mm-hmm. And then he's got a couple of, he's got a Zoom Horny Toad pictured mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of those kind of plastic? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I carry a lot of frogs. I Well, we have them at the shop, but uh, I'll tell you, 
the the newer frogs nowadays are really good, but I would still recommend bending out the hooks, maybe about an extra sixteenth of an inch or so, just a little bit. Make sure those hooks are really sharp because right. years ago the frogs used the imitation frogs were terrible. Oh God! You, you would get ten hits, maybe catch one bass. Uh, you just couldn't get the hookups. Right. But the other thing, but when you buy just a plastic frog that has no hooks, you use a big four aught or five aught uh, plastic worm hook. And uh, th- those work really good. You know, they float and everything. They look like a frog. And um, so, yeah, those. And, and here's one thing, Danny, this is so important. When you're looking at buying a frog, in the package, they always show you the back of the frog, right? Yeah. The fish never see the back of the frog. They see the belly of the frog. So what color so, should it be? A dark or a I, light I, color? I like black ones, black, chartreuse, or white. Okay. I mean, everybody wants to go with green, but do you ever see a frog? It's white on the Their bottom. Belly, you're right. <laughs> they're white All on these the bottom. years, I thought they were completely green. No, they're white you on the belly. see them from the top, yeah. and you assume they're green all over. They're not. And they're that's white why, on the belly. Uh, so don't look at the back of the frog. Some of them have like black with red, uh, white spots or yellow spots, or they're green ones with watermelon, pumpkin seed, red flake spots, what, you know, stuff. The bass doesn't see the they top don't of see the frog. That. Yeah, they see the bottom of the they frog, the of and the it's frog. usually white. So like, so white is my favorite color. Even if you had a leopard frog imitation, it's still white on the belly. You wouldn't even need to put the spots on the back to make (laughs) it look like a leopard frog, because the bass not going to tell the difference anyway. They're not going to see that. Only the guy who buys it in a package sees the back that looks like a leopard. The reason they the reason they make those frogs, those imitation frogs with all those cool colors, yeah, is to sell baits, to sell more lures. Well, the old the old snag proof, fish proof frog (laughs) that came out years ago, the old fish proof frog. That was green all the way around. Yeah, yeah. That was green all the way around. You got a caller? No, I'm sorry. Art <laughs> on the north side for you guys. Art on the north side. Hey, Art, good morning. Good morning, guys. I love your show. Thank hey, you. What's cool. up? Thanks, man. I wanted to ask you guys, uh, Tom and Bushy, I know you're familiar with Pewaukee. Yeah. I was out there about a week ago with my uh, son and his wife, and uh, we caught a bluegill. Yeah. And I was just wondering if you ever caught a bluegill. I'm talking... All blue. An all blue bluegill? Right. <laughs> well, they can come in various shades. Uh-huh. Okay. And maybe what you got was a hybrid. That's possible. Okay. But they do. It's just like smallmouth bass. You can get them with, they'll have stripes on them. They'll be just bronze in color, no stripes. They'll be light. They'll be dark. Mo- the majority of panfish that I catch on Pewaukee are the pumpkin seeds. Right. Yeah. Right. By that's far. What I catch them. I yeah. have caught... Seeds. I have caught a few that were just a plain old, yeah, blue you know, bluegill. And then and, you get some, like, there isn't, Tom, they're the basic, like, green sunfish that's not really a bluegill, well, per the, se, the, not really a pumpkin seed. We don't, have, a, a, we don't have the gr- green-eared sunfish up here. We don't have many. I, I, at well, least I, I don't. A, I thought it was just plain old green sunfish. Well, and, no. See, down, down south they have a, what's called a green-eared sunfish. It looks just like a bluegill, except. You know that dark blue spot that's yeah. on the gill? Yeah. Okay. Okay. If it's a real bluegill, it's got that dark blue spot by the right. gill. If it's a green-eared sunfish, it's green. Uh, a couple okay. things I've noticed on panfish, on Pewaukee, just pure observations here, is uh, there were a bunch of kids fishing, uh, two kids fishing, actually, off the piers yesterday, and they were kind of going underneath the boats and stuff, mm-hmm. and they had about a dozen of uh, panfish, Laying there, they were going to keep in flight, and they were really dark. 
Yeah. Super dark. Now, I is that what you caught? Super dark one? It's a well. It's 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 kind of a, a silvery blue, but the okay. whole the whole fish is all blue, and and it does have yeah. the the dark gill at yeah. the end. Yeah, I've I've caught some. They'll come real light colors, sometimes real dark colors. If where they're in, if they're yeah. out in open water, lighter colored. If they're in thick weeds, and you know, it does it, depend. It, it, they it, can fish vary can be kind of semi chameleon like. Yeah. I noticed even when I had a crappie years ago, and I kept it in an aquarium. If I Turned the lights off and everything, and it was dark. All of a sudden, the, you turn the light back on in the aquarium, the crappie is really black, yeah. real dark. Well, just like live well effect. You can yeah, put a fish right, in a live well, right. and it changes their color. They get darker. Yeah, so they, it's it's semi-chameleon-like. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's interesting. But, yeah, I wouldn't worry about it. They come in different shades, you okay. know. Kind of like... Kind of like... Oh, what's of, that? Uh, three of them. The, yeah. the pumpkin seed, the regular bluegills, and the blue... Yeah. Well, email the yeah. picture to Tom here at the, <laughs> at our website there. CEO guys at yahoo.com if you want to do that. And we'll, we'll look at we'll it. Look at them. CEO guys. Yeah, at yahoo.com. Uh, yahoo.com. Okay. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll do that then. Yeah, I was it was just unusual that I never seen one It'd before. It'd be interesting yeah. to see that. Blue yeah, like yeah, if that. you if you catch a lot of them it's just like uh they've uh, up in Minnesota they've got a blue pike that it's a northern pike but it's blue. <laughs> it's like a steel blue blue walleye and blue Lake walleyes Erie. too on Lake Erie. So yeah, the bluegills hike up in yeah. But like with bluegills, Canada. they will be various shades. Yeah, they will be various shades. All right, guys. All well, right. thank you very much. I love your show. Oh. You guys are really funny. All, All right. right, thank All right. you. Take care. Okay, buddy. Bye now. Bye-bye. Hey, we don't mean to be funny. We're 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 serious. <laughs> yeah, we're serious. All right. Serious. <clears throat> anyway, Hate yeah. Those tailgaters. Yeah, we, we should be on serious. You know who you are out there listening right now. <laughs> the tailgaters. You know who you are. I got some friends of mine. I drive with them, and they were terrible as far as tailgating. Taking oh, yeah. some hunting and fishing trips, and it's like, God, give the guy a little slack here. You know, you don't have to act like you're going to run yeah. up his rear end. Yeah, I, I, I let people in. I You know, if people want to get in front of me, I don't care. I You know, if it takes me an extra 30 seconds or a minute, to get to where I'm going, I don't care. And here's that brings up another part of my biking rant here. Um, when I go on a bike ride, okay, there's times when I like to really kick her down and try and go fast or go up a hill yeah. with a net. But here's the other thing that bikers don't take advantage of. When I go on that bike trail, like I went like 35 miles at Waukesha Lake Trail, it's beautiful. There's deer. I'll stop and watch a deer feeding with its fawn mm-hmm. and watch it chase the, the fawn play around. I'll take a 10 minute break and watch that. Uh, I'll stop in and take a side li- side street to go see a bunch of turkeys. You know, there's some big turkey. The bikers never stop to smell the roses. I stop and eat raspberries along the way. Sure. I stop yeah, and see if not, I can yeah. look at the, at the look for milkweed uh, plants, see if I see any uh, caterpillars. Like when I was a kid going on the railroad yeah. tracks, uh, I stop and look the red-winged blackbirds, there's orioles, there's red cardinals, and it just reminds me when I was a kid, I'd yeah. go on the railroad tracks all day long. As a kid, a lot of older listeners can relate to this. You would tell your parents, I'm going to the tracks. Mm-hmm. And that's all you had to that's say. That's what I did, yeah. And you'd go on the tracks, you had your slingshot, maybe a BB gun, whatever, and you'd observe nature. You don't see any of the bikers observing nature. They're mm. checking their watches <laughs> to see if they're on pace to beat their time. Yeah. And that's why you're all going to die high stress anyway, because you're not stopping to smell the roses. Yeah. You know what you might find on that bike trail, Danny? Uh, 
maybe maybe uh, you look for it or not. I don't know, but wild asparagus. What does it look like? Wild. It, well, it, it's got these taller. Uh, I don't even know what you call the leaves sticking up the fawn fawns or whatever. I don't. I forget. I don't even know what you call asparagus. it. Asparagus. But the, the, well, the tops of the asparagus. There, you you look for the tops. And you'll see the asparagus on the bottoms, you know. I mean, uh, but I don't know what you call that top. As long as it doesn't it look stands like about, stands about, and I get the wrong no. thing and stands die. about four or five feet tall. Well, They're look, real tall, and then you just oh. be, quit rambling over there. Well, that's the asparagus. Well, yeah. But, uh, Thanks, but Sam. Our that's producer. what's on the bottom, but uh, around it will be the tall parts of the. That's it. Here, see, he's he's got it. Tom, that's way too... You'll you see that. I'll just stick and with if the you raspberry. See that, something that's easy to find. Yeah. This is way too complicated. <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? Is I'm going <laughs> to... I'm sorry, Tom. Thanks for that's that. That's all right. Thanks for that's the good right. tip. But um, <laughs> I'm going to pick some... Uh, last year, I ate some raspberries along the mm-hmm. trail. And uh, I think uh, this year, I'm going to pick a bunch and bring them home. Yeah. And you know what I'm going to do, Tom? Like make, when I was make a jam? kid. Nope. When I was a kid, Dad had raspberries back behind by our garden. Uh, pick them and you put them in a bowl of milk and put a little sugar in there with them. Oh, sure. And that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. It's going to be my organic, natural. It sounds good. Yeah. Go back to my roots like when I was a kid. How many people stop to have the raspberries these days? If I see them, I'll pick them if I'm somewhere. What other kind of berries? I used to grow them. Did you really? The yellow raspberries, but there's a problem. Well, there's they yellow, keep, there's purple, and there's, there's red. red. Yeah, they keep orange, growing. They keep expanding. Oh, it's big. great! Like my dad had it, and eventually uh, yeah. he had to get rid of them. Yeah. They were, oh, they same take, with grapes. They, yeah, they he take started, over everything. He started like a gra- little bit of grapevine on like a wagon wheel in our yeah. backyard. Yeah. Next thing you know, grapes were just yeah. going nuts. Yeah, I had to get because in the I have a confined area, and I thought, oh, I'll grow some raspberries right over here. Well, there was a little area, maybe about three feet wide, and became four feet, five feet, six feet. And then it started expanding all different ways, and it's like, oh, my God. How about wild grapes? Have you ever gone and picked wild grapes? Oh, sure. And blueberries and that, yeah. We yeah I, I, I did the blueberry thing with my dad years ago. It was like 100 degrees. It's work. Mosquitoes. It's work. And blueberries grow on the ground, yeah, correct? Yeah. Which yeah. means it's bend and stoop yeah, time. Yep. Yeah. That's way too much work yeah. on the back. Yep. Like when Dad would sucker me into going out to those strawberry oh, gra- fields. Pick gra- your own. Graylings yeah. in uh, Green Bay. Graylings, pick, pick your, your own. own. Yeah. You'd come back with a bad back and a sunburn to beat all get out. <laughs> oh, I forgot. To, uh, I, oh, I did show you that picture. Never mind. How about choke cherries? Uh, you ever um, had? My grandmother, have. Grandma probably Bush, have, would make the most sure. delicious choke cherry jelly or jam. Oh, it was awesome. Choke cherries. They yeah. grew up yeah. there on the farm in Douglas Roll, County. Yeah. Well, we got to go, go back break. and pick some choke cherries. There you I go. Find a woman to make me some jam or jelly. There you go. If any Maybe ladies out there want to want to make got a good insurance jam. policy. <laughs> and she's 20 okay. years younger than me. Well, Cut off his mic. That's it. <laughs> we'll be right back with more of the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. It's the Final segment of the Cutting Edge Outdoors, Skipper Bud's Cutting Edge Outdoors. Thanks for listening, being with us uh, this Saturday. I hope everybody had a safe and productive 4th of July. And uh, Tom, uh, what, are you going fishing this weekend now? What's the plan? Yeah, uh, 
I think I told you during the commercial on Saturday mornings I get up at quarter to five. Well, tomorrow I got to get up at quarter to four because, of course, my boys want to be out there at the crack of dawn <laughs> before the sun comes up. <laughs> so we get up early, get up. Yeah, you got to make sure you get a parking spot, you know, for your car and trailer. So uh, we got the... Uh, well, that pretty much tells everybody that you're going to Okachi. <laughs> nope, nope. Not going there. I'm, I'm not going to say the name of the lake, but it's one of the lakes you mentioned last week. Really? When you were reading off all those different uh, did lakes. Did that like spark a little light in the back of the no, my, cranium? No, my middle thought, son, oh. Nick, had told us about this lake. He'd been on it before and did well, so that's why we're going to For big bluegills and stuff? Uh, bass and bluegills, yeah. Yeah. Actually, there's two lakes connected, so. Oh, but anyway, Art at... Art sent us a picture of his all-blue bluegill, but it, see, Art, we thought you meant like it was all like the colored blue, and that's just a, a light-colored bluegill. Yeah, there's no stripes on yeah, it, no other That's color. your basic bluegill. Yeah, your basic yeah, light-colored bluegill. I catch maybe one but of those yeah, to every thank, 10 pumpkin seeds I yeah. catch. But thank you for sending that, Art. Uh, we were checking it out. Pumpkin we, seeds have a bigger rib cage too, right, Tom? You don't get as much meat Not as on much them, meat on the pumpkin seeds. Hey, Ray sent us Ray, something. Wow. Stuff's hopping today. This is kind of funny. Ray sends us uh, an email at ceoguys at yahoo.com. He says, Danny's psychopath sounds like psychopath. Psychopath sounds like P S Y C H O. That's right. I go on to psychopath. Yeah, that's kind of a funny play on words. I, I like that. That's cute. Yeah, psychopath. Meaning you're a psychopath, I guess. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Ray, for that. That's funny. That's a good one. Yeah, I'm going to shut off this computer now because Mike McGivern is coming. Mike's got a live show next, doesn't he, Sam? Yeah? Okay. So he's, so he's coming in next with a live show, the Nary Home Improvement Center, right? Yeah. So you want to stay tuned for that. But, yeah, we're, uh, you know, as a matter of fact, funny you should mention oh, the frog thing, but yeah, go ahead. That, yeah, what's your favorite kind of frog? I mentioned those two that are in the magazine. Oh, what's, that, what's, what's the Tom Newbauer? You know, to tell you the truth, I don't even know the names of them. I think one is called Spro, S-P-R-O. Another one is called uh, Scum Frogs, the... The pro model scum frog. Pro model. I've seen those. Yeah. Now, you'll find frogs that just have like a little skirt in the back. Then you'll find some that have a double skirt, you know, one on each what's, side that looks more like legs. Yeah. What do you think? I don't think it matters. I really don't think it matters. But you prefer matters. a white belly like yeah. a frog or chartreuse. Yeah. Oh, sometimes said. I'll use a chartreuse belly, but a white belly. Uh, sometimes I'll use an all black one, you know. Well, but, you know, there are those little frogs. I used to catch them in the shoreline and put them on a hook. They were real small frogs. You'd catch them right along the shore of a little lake. Yeah, yeah. And they were all black. Now, yeah, and then yeah, there's... they 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 didn't have a white belly. They were all like these. They were like these totally black little, or yeah, dark little yeah. frogs. That's why. That's why I said They're black, hard as heck to catch. Black or uh, the white belly ones. Yeah, that's basically it. Yeah. And do you work yours? And, oh. How do you work your frog? You know, but <laughs> this is funny. Well, I like to work it around slop. Okay, heavy right. weed cover, yeah. lily yeah. pads, stuff like that. Right. But if I can cast it on shore, let it hit actually the shoreline and then plop it in, it's kind of like what would really happen right. you know, in, in like nature. Like a real frog. Yeah, like just hopping in, in the water. Yeah, and if there's bass laying, you know, three, four, five, six feet off the shore, they're waiting for stuff like that, you know, and all of a sudden it plops in, and I, I just work it back slowly, you know, a little hop. You know, like you've seen a, a, how a frog's legs push it out 
stop, push it out, stop, you know, yeah. how it does that. So little, li- small little jerks, yeah. And, you ever, uh, like, leave it sit on top of the pad for a while and then yeah, just if it, if slide it, land, it off the pad? Right, if it lands on there, then slide it off, yeah. Yeah, you got to play with it. But here's one tip, though, with working a frog. Uh, don't set the hook as soon as it's spl- you, you see the big splash. Don't set the hook right away. Most often you'll miss it. Wait until you feel weight on the line. So when they grab that frog, I'm guessing they'll, like a soft plastic, they'll hold on to it for a while? Yeah, well, they'll try to swallow it, you know, and sometimes they're just grabbing a leg or something. You know, I mean, let's face it. Right. Fish don't always hit it perfectly. They don't get to suck it down right away. Right. They grab it, might be in a funny way in their mouth. It's that second gulp when it's actually in their mouth. So if you if you set it on the splash, you might not get a hookup. Whereas right. if you wait that just like two seconds, wait till you feel that weight. All right, now set. You know? So now would now be the time of year that you would want to Definitely. use the top water. Definitely. Does it have to be early evening? No. Any early time morning? Of any, any time of the day. Any I mean, I look at it that fish are opportunistic. They're going to take advantage of it whenever they can. So top water seems to be something that a lot of, I know myself, other than as a kid with that plastic frog playing around and not hooking anything, um, just having them blow up and me setting the hook, you know, and and, and having that snake-proof frog go sailing over my head into the trees after I jerked so hard and missed it. Um, Top water doesn't seem to be something a lot of guys use for bass, but I was with Ron Johnson years ago when he visited, and we went and pitched piers, wacky rigging. He's using all kinds of soft plastics. And then in the evening, it wasn't real late, but around supper time, we went right along Rocky Point, the shore of Rocky Point, and he put on a Zara Spook-type lure, mm-hmm. top water. Yeah. I couldn't believe the smallmouth and largemouth slashing at mm-hmm. that thing. Yep. He caught a couple, and he had a couple blowing up at it right mm-hmm. by the boat in like ten feet of water. Oh yes, is uh, you know because it doesn't take long for a bass to jump up. You know you got to figure in ten feet of water, you might have weeds coming up six feet. So really, they're not far away. Well, anyway, there's a lot more we can talk about frogs and what, when, and where to use them. But I'll tell you one thing: you uh, you can use them all during the middle of the day, and you can even have a little bit of wave action. You know, not real big waves, but right. You can use topwater baits anytime. Like I said, fish are opportunistic. Right. But anyway, that's all we got for now, yes, Danny. So next week I want to ask you about some other options other than the mini mite. All right. So that was, we, we didn't will, get to that today. We'll but anyway, that. that's all I got. Me too. To all the listeners, thanks for listening. And God bless and stay free, everyone. You've been listening to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Take care, my friends. Put that American flag high and be proud of our country. We'll uh, look forward to talking to you next week. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com.